0: Welcome back to the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. This is another series on the, or another episode on the important topic of stress. And I want to dive right in today and pick up where I left off from two episodes ago, where I had been talking about the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. And the sympathetic nervous system is that state of stress and needing to get to safety, And when we're stuck there, it becomes chronic stress. And the parasympathetic nervous system is our rest and digest state. And I wanna talk about these today from the perspective of digestive stress and what is happening in our body when we are eating and we're in our sympathetic nervous system, i.e. digestion is switched off. So when we eat in this state, our body is not producing salivary enzymes or any of the enzymes that it would typically produce throughout our digestive tract in order to break down our food. It's also not producing stomach acid to help break down our food. So we are putting food in, but that food is not being broken down well. And as a result, we're A, not getting the benefits of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that we are eating, and therefore we're not getting the energy from the food that we are eating. And we eat food for energy, but because the food isn't being broken down, we're not getting those benefits. And what then happens, as I alluded to two episodes ago when I was talking about all the different um, impacts of stress on the body, is that the body either stores that food that isn't broken down properly as fat, or it does still get it out of the body, but it's getting it out of the body in the form of constipation or diarrhea. And constipation isn't really getting it out of the body as frequently as we want it to, obviously. So we're also having a buildup of toxins being kept in the body because our bowel movements are not frequent enough. And that can cause a myriad of health issues, as can diarrhea. And So the reason that this is happening is the body is just not able to cope with the fact that we're eating when we're not having the benefit of the enzymes to break down the food and the stomach acid, et cetera. And so the time that it takes for our food to get through our digestive tract is taking a lot longer. That food starts to putrefy inside our body. And that sounds gross and it is gross, and it does cause problems over time throughout our digestive tract. So I'm going to share a little trick with you on how you can ensure that your uh, rest and digest state is turned on before you eat even in the middle of a stressful day. And I've shared this in previous episodes. I've shared it when I've talked about sleep. And uh, I will share it again in future episodes because our bodies are all interconnected. And it's, you know, one thing can serve different aspects of our body. And so sharing this tip with you to help with stress, it's also something that can help with sleep because of course, turning on our parasympathetic nervous system is helping with both rest and digest. So this is what I call five, five, seven breathing. And the way that you do that, it's very easy. You literally inhale for a count of five, you hold for a count of five and you exhale for a count of seven. And you do that 10 times. So cycle through that 10 times. It will take you honestly three to four minutes and nobody else even has to know that you're doing it. And you can do this anywhere to get yourself out of that state of feeling overwhelmed and chronic stress and bring yourself down into the rest and digest system. I find myself sometimes doing it in my car because I'm stuck in traffic and I can't get where I wanna go to. Maybe now this traffic is gonna make me late and I can feel my stress levels rising. And I will do this in order to bring myself back down and acknowledge that I will get there. It might take a little longer. I can call whomever it is that's waiting on me or that I'm meeting to let them know I'm going to be late and I will get there in the end and I will get there safely. But sometimes I need to do this breathing first to get to a place where I can recognize and acknowledge that. So this is very powerful. And the reason that it works is that when you exhale for and the exhale is longer than the inhale, it triggers the brain to go, huh. I thought I was stressed out, but I'm breathing like a safe person. I must be safe. And then it switches off that fight or flight and switches on rest and digest. And the reason it knows this is that if you are in that chronic stress state and you're back in your hunter gather days and your brain's trying to get you to safety and producing cortisol and all of that to get you to safety and you're running and fleeing from whatever danger... You will not have an exhale longer than your inhale. You're going to be running hard and panting, right? And the brain recognizes that type of breathing versus the very calm breathing of that safe person where the exhale is longer than the inhale. And so, from that perspective, this is a very powerful clue to the brain and the brain responds. But the other thing that it's really helpful with as well is when you have to count and focus on counting your five. Um, hold, in, inhale, your five breathing hold and your five count exhale, you're focusing your brain on that counting. And then not only that, you have to then count that cycle through 10 times. So that's a lot to focus on. And it gets your brain to let go of what other thoughts are running through your mind that are causing you to be in that stress state. So that's a really handy little trick that literally takes three to four minutes. And as you sit down to eat a meal, You can do a check-in with yourself. How am I feeling right now? Am I feeling stressed? And do I need to do some breathing in order to switch on my digestive system so that my food can be broken down properly and I can get the energy that I need from it, which is the purpose of eating in the first place. And to be honest, we humans are not good at judging our stress levels. As I said in a couple episodes ago, we look around, we see everyone else is just as stressed. We normalize it. So err on the side of caution. If you ask yourself, am I stressed right now? And you don't have an answer for that, then do the breathing anyway, because it will definitely ensure digestion is turned on. So this is also, as I mentioned earlier, very helpful for sleep and getting to sleep at night and sleep is so important in managing our stress because the more sleep we have, The more often we wake up feeling rested and rejuvenated, that builds resilience in ourselves to the stress that is being thrown at us in our lives. And just to think about that for a moment, when you're tired already and you're at your end's rope and then the stress is thrown at you, how do you respond? You're already, you know, feeling depleted and very often a little bit irritable or cranky and the smallest things set you off and you react and you can react with yelling or whatever your reaction might be. But when you are in a place of being rested and rejuvenated and not depleted and having good energy, things get thrown at you and you just are that much more resilient and you can take that on and respond in a much calmer, less reactionary manner. So it's really important in understanding the importance of sleep. And I did two episodes on sleep um, back. It was episodes five and seven, where I taught the six steps to better sleep. So if you haven't listened to those, go back and listen to those. And I also had two guests in episodes six and eight, both talking about sleep, improving sleep, particularly calming ways to get to sleep for both adults and children. So you can dig into that. But I do also want to address here the connection between our stress and our cortisol levels and our diurnal rhythm again, because it's so important. And it's where in the lab testing, I see so many people's cortisol levels elevated, and that's what's impacting their sleep. So Obviously, as I've talked about, when we're in that chronic stress state, our sympathetic nervous system, we have elevated cortisol levels to give us the energy to flee, but when we want to be going to sleep in the evening we actually want our cortisol levels to be at their lowest we want cortisol at its highest in the morning when we wake up to give us energy to start our day and then it drops by about half by lunchtime half again by dinner time and half again by bedtime and cortisol and melatonin are inverse hormones so when cortisol is at its highest melatonin is at its lowest and vice versa and for humans We are still creatures of nature, and we are supposed to wake when it's daylight and sleep when it's dark because we do not have nocturnal vision. And so following what nature has given us, our cortisol levels are at their lowest between 10 and 11 p.m., and our melatonin levels are at their highest, and that is the ideal time for us to be getting to sleep. But what is happening in our busy go, go, go world is that our cortisol isn't dipping low enough. And we are also doing things like looking at screens with blue light, which actually blocks melatonin production. And again, go back and listen to episodes five and seven to learn more about that. It blocks melatonin production. So our melatonin levels are not high enough for us to get into a deep restorative sleep. So, understanding all of that is really important. So, I invite you to listen to those episodes, but also understanding the importance of 557 five, breathing in order to help the body calm and get out of that chronic stress state, have the body stop producing cortisol so that melatonin can be produced in the right proportions so that we can get into a good restorative sleep by going to bed between 10 and 11 PM, waking up rested and rejuvenated and more stress resilient over time as a result. I also um, just want to mention, as we talk about um, digestion, just going back to that quickly, that you can eat the best diet or the healthiest meal on the planet. But if you are eating it in that stressed out anxious state where digestion is turned off, it's not of any benefit to you At all. And so that's just something really important to remember and to also know that when we are in that stress state with increased cortisol being produced, our ghrelin hormone is also produced at higher levels. And this is our hunger hormone. And so it's a double whammy because we have higher cortisol being produced food not being broken down, food being stored as fat and at the same time our hunger hormone is being produced telling us we're more hungry and we should be eating more and we're not having the benefit of getting the energy that we want through the food that we're eating because it's not being broken down and so the body will then and the brain will ask for more energy and we have our hunger hormone operating, so we again reach for food, and we end up taking in more calories, which also leads to weight gain. And it's very typically around the middle that uh, cortisol-induced weight gain is held. So stress is exhausting it bogs down our energy it causes a blood sugar roller coaster ride it bogs down our immune system it's damaging our gut remember and 70% of our gut is housed our 70% of our immune system is housed in our gut it negatively affects our sleep which can create a vicious cycle and it can send our emotions out of control into anger frustration and sadness And so what can you do? Well, it's really important that you identify your major stresses and then try to eliminate what you can and balance out the rest. So in last week's episode, I had uh, Dr. Ken Keese on as a guest talking about his online tool for assessing stress, which will help you identify your major life stresses and your other stresses in life so you can figure out what steps you can take in order to be balancing this out and making some change in your life to be able to better manage your stress. And now that you know how it's negatively impacting your health, I hope that you're more motivated to do that because I get it. We look around, everyone else is just as stressed out. We normalize it and think it's all okay. And we keep going about our daily lives. But when we understand that it's not okay and that it is impacting our health and that 90% of all doctor's visits are as a result of stress and that stress is negatively impacting our gut and that all disease starts in the gut, I'm hoping that gives you the motivation and the education to want to learn more about this, to take action for yourself. Because if I ask you, do you want to live a long, healthy, quality life? Or do you want to be in that place where so many are unfortunately stuck today of living long, of living shorter, but dying longer? Too many people are in a place where they just don't have any quality of life for the last five, tens of 10 years of their life. And that is what I mean by dying longer. And nobody wants that, right? We want to live fully and vibrantly right to the end. So if that's you, then you need to understand the actions that you can take today, the changes that you can make in your life today in order to be able to achieve that for yourself. And next week, I have a guest on that will be talking about exactly that and her story of that moment when she suddenly realized I have to make some changes in my life around stress and how I manage it and her journey. So I hope you'll join me next week to tune into her story. But some key ways to managing your stress, first of all, is recognize that you are worth the time and to block time in your calendar first. And when I started doing this probably about four years ago, it was absolutely life-changing for me because once I block that time, that's my time and nobody can take it away from me. And if something comes along that I might like to do instead, I have the choice of shifting that up. Maybe this other thing is something else that is beneficial, that brings me joy, that is a form of self-care. And I might choose to do that instead, or perhaps I'm going to choose to do that, but then I can move my workout to a different time in my day that day in order to still ensure I get it done. And for me, I like to do my workouts in the morning, but I don't do them super early. I get up early and I do my morning meditation and plan my day and do my gratitude journal But my workouts are based during COVID on the live times that I can join workouts, which is generally around nine o'clock. So that nine o'clock to 10 o'clock window, I very rarely meet with clients or do anything else because that's my time. And then I will start seeing clients after that. But on occasion, like tomorrow, there's a class I'd like to attend from nine till 10 o'clock, but I'm also going camping tomorrow, which I'm super excited about. And I'm going to be hiking and getting a lot of physical activity. And so I was okay with doing that class in the morning, knowing that I'm taking the day off, going hiking with my daughter, getting out into nature. And that is another form of self-care. So blocking the time in your calendar gives you control. And then I recommend you find things that you love. Nobody's going to do anything or stick to something that you don't love. It may take you time to decide if you like something, if you're starting something out new, but choose to give that maybe a month if you're trying a new type of workout, a new type of practice, or choose something that you simply love so that you enjoy it, you look forward to getting to do it. So, for me, I love yoga, I love skiing downhill or cross country, I love being out on my paddleboard. And I used to love getting to the gym, I'm not getting to the gym right now, but I do online classes at home, which I also really enjoy strength workouts, etc. So, I block that time for me, I meditate. Uh, as well, and you can do guided meditation or simply meditate on your own. Whatever works for you. And there's many free guided meditation apps. Um, one that I have that isn't free, but it's called Calm. I really love that. They have a lot of 10 minute meditation uh, recordings, and so if you don't have a lot of time, you can just do it for 10 minutes as you transition through your day. And if you feel your stress level coming up, just stop and tune into a meditation. Breathe. And notice how much better you feel in just 10 minutes and how you can actually be more focused for the rest of your day. Getting out in nature, nature is so restorative to our human body, not only from uh, the wind blowing microbes onto our skin and um, putting microbes into our microbiome and creating greater variety, but just it's so calming. And the moment we get into nature, I know for me, I just feel my whole nervous system settle. We've already talked about five, five, seven breathing, a tool that you can use absolutely anywhere because you always have your breath and it's free and making sure you are getting enough sleep seven to nine hours a night is what the average adult needs. And yet we so often get busy, busy, busy in our days and we squeeze out our sleep and get less and less, which is also depleting the health of our gut causing us to eat more and add calories to our diet because we don't have enough energy from our sleep. And then when our brain needs energy, we go for food. And then the other thing to do is of course, also look at how can you improve your nutrition and adding some adaptogens to your diet. So adaptogens are herbs that actually help your body cope with the stress state that it's in. And these are the type of Supplements that I use when I'm working with people that are moving down that path to burnout and helping them come back. The body isn't able to calm on its own in its current state of all these stresses stacked upon it, but we can help the body calm and come back to a place of balance where it's going to be better able to do that on its own. And then improving nutrition. So, eating nutrient dense meals that you know, the body can break down if we're eating in our rest and digest state and we get the benefit of all of those nutrients. We feel satiated for longer. We have energy versus nutrient deplete meals that are giving us quick energy, but then leaving us crashing later and not providing the energy that our body needs. So we eat more often and very often it's kicking in insulin spikes and again, triggering hormone production that has our body holding on to weight rather than releasing it. So there's some other things that you can be doing as well is take a social media vacation. You know, social media can be very stressful and people are always posting about all the great things in their life invariably. And the, people's struggles aren't really shown there. So it's not the true reality of each individual's life, but there is direct correlation in research between how much time you spend on social media and risk of depression, because you're seeing everyone else's life look amazing and comparing it to your own. That doesn't feel so amazing in your stressed out state. And you think it's just you. Well, trust me, it isn't just you. And But getting off social media and taking a break and getting out into nature can be so much uh, help for you at times like that, or even just connecting with friends and going for a walk, enjoying a hot bath or a hot tub. Um, So there's many things that we can be doing in order to support our body in calming and having that become a daily practice because we have daily stress. So why not have a daily practice of allowing the body to calm? So I hope that information is helpful. As I said, next week, I will have a guest who is telling her story of being in that stressed out state and finally having to stare that in the eye and realize I need to make a change and then taking that action to do that. So I hope there's some tips here that you can walk away with today that you can implement easily in your life, as well as come back and join next week to learn uh, this story of my guest. And if you like this episode and this information, please share with others. As I said, the world is the most stressed out ever, and I would love for my message to get out there and help more people. So A, they know they're not alone and B, they know that they can actually do something about this. So thank you for joining today and always for supporting the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. And I welcome you back next time. So just before we wrap up, I'm excited to let you know that my next health kickstart and detox program is starting soon. It starts on July the 6th. And if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you will be starting to understand the impact that toxins has on our body and the difference we can make in our health outcomes simply by getting those toxins out. So this is a group program over four weeks. The first week is setting you up for success on the detox. Then we talk about nutrition and the right way to eat for your unique body. I follow that with a week on digestion and understanding how to optimize that so your body can actually break down the food that you're eating and you can benefit from the vitamins and minerals that are contained in that food. And the last week is all about sugar, where it's sneaking into your diet and how to get it out. And of course, I wrap it all up with a bonus video at the end that I sent to you on how not to retox after your detox and how to come off that detox and take these new habits into your daily life so that you can enjoy better health. So I'll put the link into the show notes for that program. You can check it out as well as my quiz, the Discover Your Toxic Load quiz. If you haven't done that yet, you might want to do that because the results will show you whether you should be doing a 7, a 14, or a 21-day detox. Most people do start with a 21-day detox because, of course, we live in a toxic world, and it's time to get those toxins out. So check that out in the show notes.